beautiful soul. Welcome to the Quantum Business Queen podcast. This podcast is a vortex for activating wealth, riches, and boss bitches. It is here that I teach multi-dimensional business. Our content will fall under three different categories, 5D quantum creation, 4D frequency alchemy, and the most potent 3D strategy. Every aspect of business that contributes to the creation of success is covered here. Plus, I will be personally interviewing the most amazing boss bitches that are at the forefront of the game, paving the way for money, magic, and magnetism in business. Let's get ready to activate all of that within you. Welcome to this week's episode of the Quantum Business Queen podcast. I am beyond excited to be presenting to you this next guest, James Hepburn. Now, James is no stranger to marketing and helping people make millions online. He is a marketing guru who has helped the likes of Ty Lopez, Natalie, and Danielle, the the founders of Boss Babe. He's worked with my own Nick Pigeon. He's worked with talent agents like Jamie Freed. Now, Jamie discovered Selena Gomez and was the man behind Paris Hilton's billion-dollar brand. James is the guy behind some of the biggest projects out there. So you're going to want to hear his take on marketing because if you do it right, there is millions to be made. So without further ado, here's James. Okay, so tell me, James, about what got you started on your marketing journey and why you're so passionate about digital marketing. Funny story, actually. I uh, studied engineering and finance at university and I always wanted to work on cars because my dad's a motor mechanic. I was going to get into engineering. I had an internship with General Motors, and I, I just didn't like working in a big company. And so me and my brother bought a e-commerce, or it was a bike shop. We would sell bicycles and bike parts and stuff like that. And anyway, that business failed really badly. And we lost heaps of money. We made every mistake in the book, as young people do. We were just young and naive and thought we were smarter than everyone else. Turns out we weren't, we weren't and we lost a lot of money. However... It was just a university degree, and through that experience, I just started – we had no customers, so I was just spending all day like reading about marketing, watching videos, doing courses, learning what I could to try and make it work, which we really couldn't. So we sold that business, and through that period, I just sort of picked up this marketing skill set and started helping other people, and eventually I went from doing free work. That turned into pay work, paid work, and eight years later, here we are. So when you say you were helping other people, what were you helping them do specifically? Because marketing, can, they can go in a million different directions and different branches. Yeah, yes. So I would say that conversion-based marketing, and so copywriting primarily, like writing words that convert, Mm. and to make that a more broad or, in fact, maybe even more specific example, marketing is all about the message that you have. We briefly touched on before we started recording, Sarah, about, I was saying to you how I'm working a lot now with organic content and people that create content. And one thing I've been honing that down even more and more too, which I'll elaborate on later, is I've been building this like big framework and I've been obsessed with the idea of if a random person walked past you in the street and let's just say this person has a problem that you can solve, what would the process need to be to take them from knowing nothing about you to giving you say five grand? And that's like this, I know this is like 
essentially what marketing is. It's taking people that don't know you and converting them into customers. Mm. But I think of it more, if someone comes across a video of you on Instagram, how many pieces of content would they need to consume? What would they need to see and in what order? And then what calls to actions would you need to make to convert them into a paying customer without ad spend and any complicated funnels and stuff like that? And the reason I bring that stuff up is because marketing message and, and the copy and the words you use is really what I've done this whole time. Yeah. Um, but that's something I've even been thinking more and more about now is like a lot of people are like, oh, you just need to create content to promote your business. And I'm like, no, you need to create the right content. And if you do it right, you probably need to create less content than you think. Ooh, you know, I love that. You can get people to binge watch a lot of your content, but what's more important than content is the message you have, A, resonating with them, B, you coming across as someone they like and someone they trust and someone they want to work with, and C, it's solving their problems. They're really the only three things that actually matter. Just quickly, I don't know if that actually relates to what you asked me at the start there, but the point I was trying to get at is I'm a copywriter and I help people with essentially refining their marketing message in a way that creates conversions because that's all that is like saying something in a way that people put their hand up and go, yeah, I want to, I'm interested in what you've got to sell or yeah, I want to buy from you. So where are people getting it wrong right now online? If they're a coach, they're getting started, they're wanting to organically build their business on Instagram, they're putting themselves out there. What are you like, what content are you seeing where you're like, if you just did this, this and that, it would totally change the game. There's so many ways to answer it, but I'm going to say that the, where people go wrong is what they what they think someone will respond to and what someone will respond to are two massively different things. Wow. For example, like I, my mum ran a dance school growing up. I knew anything about marketing, but I remember she would like run these ads in the local newspaper that were like, oh, you know, we offer these types of dancing and, we, and 35 years teaching experience. And, you know, everyone's seen an ad where someone's like, we have this many years experience and we offer high quality work and we care about our customers. And it's like what is working is actually speaking to the problem they're experiencing, right? Yeah. So – I'd have to think of a more apt example, but the point I'm essentially trying to get at is that a lot of the times, you know, people will put a lot of effort into their graphic design or their brand or their logo or how things look, but realistically what someone's going to respond to is knowing that you can help them solve a problem they've got. 100%. Yeah. Speaking to the tangible problems is really where people go wrong, in my opinion. Okay. And I also, um, God, I love... We'll, we'll link your um, Instagram because I love watching your content because you're just no bullshit. And that's, you know, that's the other thing where people are probably just too fluffy or not interesting. And there, it's just, it's a combination of quite a few things, isn't it? Like you got to know the problem. Yeah. How are you going to, how are you going to like capture people like straight away when it comes to like people who are scrolling on Instagram or Facebook? Well, that's a good question because I have a video coming out about this today about the three things your content needs. It needs to be polarizing, in my opinion. Like you need to say something that's cutting through. Way yeah. too many people are saying things they're comfortable saying, which is fine. And again, it's got to be congruent with who you are. But they yeah. say things that are like they don't want to rock the boat. But the problem is if you look at everything on social media that gets any sort of virality, it's a controversial opinion or, or it's like incredibly funny or entertaining. And you've got to be funny to be able to do that. Yeah. And you know, I don't think I'm I'm one of the – all of us can be funny, but to actually create content that goes viral off that, that's harder to do, right? So it's – you've got to be pol- you got to be polarizing. Like, you've got to say something that grinds people. Mm. And, I mean, like, if you look at, say, Donald, Donald Trump, for example, love or hate the guy, he's very polarizing, and you can't deny that his message doesn't get out there to a fairly large segment of people, right? So the strategy works. So you've got to be polarizing. You've got to be engaging, which I'll come back to in a second, and then you've got to actually say something valuable. I think a lot of people create content where what you're saying is either so fucking obvious that I've heard that 20 other times before and therefore not really valuable. Yeah. Or 
like it's either something that's regurgitated or it's just not that valuable. Like you should be striving to give away the best things you know about the topic you speak about because they're the things that will make someone want to give you more money. It's counterintuitive, but if you give everything away, all your best stuff, people only assume that what they pay for is going to be better than that. It's like the law of reciprocity. I totally agree. To come back to the point about being engaging, Mm. when you said before, where are people going wrong? Mm. And one thing that I've tried to hone in on as much as I'm talking a lot now is when you record content, just trying to have as many punchy, short statement sentences as possible. I think we're in a world now where, especially if you're doing short-form content, if you're on a podcast like this, it's a bit different. But we're in a world now where, like, you can't take too long to get to the point because people will just scroll to the next thing. So your video needs to be – all of my videos will start with a strong hook that's like, here's three things you need to do to create good content. Here's why your content sucks. You know, here's this, here's that, bang. It's it's in five to eight words so that people can immediately go, do I want want to know about that or not? And if they don't want to know about it, cool, they're probably not your audience anyway. But what I've noticed – and I filmed all the content you've seen recently, like in one batch, and I'm about to film more. Yeah. And so I had all the hooks planned, those initial statements, which is fine. And then I would just sort of shoot from the top of my head and then cut it to look good. What I'm going to do moving forward is script it more because okay. I think every sentence you make needs to be like a hook essentially. Wow. You know, here's why doing this is a shit idea. There's three reasons. First one, and like it just needs to be like that because as soon as I've noticed when I look at my analytics – Soon as you get kind of like you, you're a little bit sloppy or you're try, getting to the point, even if you mean well, like I do it, I've done it in all my videos, you, you'll lose people. It's just got to stay punchy. Wow. Um, so, so that's what I mean when I say engaging. Yeah. I love this. And you're now, so, cause you, I'm assuming you're a data guy because you've done copywriting for years and now you're moving more from paid to organic. Is that, that's a conscious choice that you've made? Or you yeah, doing- yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I still do both. I have clients I'm doing paid ads for. The reason yeah. I like organic is because I also have – I've got, a, like, one of my good friends does, like, a couple million bucks a year all organic, and he's not yeah. a marketing guy. He's a coach, really? and he's really good at what he does. Yeah. But I look at him, and I'm like, this guy knows nothing about the stuff I'm doing, and he's, like, making way more money, you know what I mean? And I don't, I don't even think it's that. I think it's a combination of things. I just like organic because I like presenting. I like being on camera or – I'm comfortable doing it. Combination mm. of factors. But I just, I also think there's nothing more powerful. And like I said, I'm building this architecture I'm going to share with you. There's nothing more powerful than say, all right, here's my market. That's, and this is basically this architecture of the framework I've been talking about. This is basically what it looks like. Yeah. All right, who's the avatar? Who's, who's the person I'm speaking to? So let's say I'm speaking to just because you gave the example before of a coach that's coming online and starting out, where are they going wrong? Okay, yeah. let's say it's someone that's got, got a certification and a qualification or a level of experience in a given area and they've got a $3,000 package just for the sake of it. Okay, let, now it, it depends on the niche. So we might say, let's just say they're a relationship coach. We're now going to list what are the five big pain points this person has. So if they're starting out, their problems are going to be, they're probably going to have a challenge around their offer and price point and stuff like that. They're going to have a challenge around getting leads and clients. They're going to have a challenge around sales and conversion. They're going to have a challenge around content and building exposure and how do I grow my following. There's So there's four to start with. Let's just say there's four. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and dig, and, and this all comes down from your research, looking at sales calls, looking at you know forums these people hang out in, Facebook groups, even looking at other creators in those areas that are already creating content. But once I've identified those four or five big problems, 
I'm going to strive to create 20 pieces of content for each of them. So let's say it's about the first one's about how do I get clients, right? And let's say I'm targeting that person. I might go create a series of content that's like, here's how to write viral hooks that will get you more followers and leads and whatever. Here's how to get clients through Facebook. Here's how to get clients through cold outreach. Here's an Instagram DM strategy. Here's a LinkedIn strategy. These are just examples. And I'll come up with 20 things for each of those pain points, right? But let's, so let's just say you do. Let's say you spend two days, you shoot a hundred pieces of content. Yeah. Now what I'm going to, now what I'm going to do is I've got like those four or five problems. I've got like 20 pieces of content for each of the problems. I'm going to create a lead magnet for each of those problems, right? And I'm going to offer that lead magnet at the end of, say, probably not every piece of content. I mean, you could probably every second piece of content. You just don't want to be too like, oh, yeah, here's the thing. But the whole idea of the strategy is like you've got the avatar, you've got the problems they have. You create a lot of content so you can post it across all your platforms and you have a strategy. So it's like, if you want to know, like, the content strategy I use to generate 20 grand a month without spending any money on ads, I put it together in this, like, PDF guide or maybe a video training if if you want it comment video or dm me video right now i've got all but because i've got a lead magnet about all these different pieces of content i can appeal to different people with different problems that are still the same avatar right and so now i get all of these people reaching out to me about all of these lead magnets and i'm creating every day like tons of conversations in the dms and we're just talking hey man let me know what else you have a problem with hey do you want to jump on a call i'm booking calls from that you know, and then if I want, I can just spend money promoting my content to get further reach. I don't have to go crazy worrying about how am I going to go viral and, you know, I'm going to create good content, but like I can spend money promoting that content if I want and I'm just going to keep feeding the machine. That's so amazing. That's like a very, I don't, I don't know if that's helpful to people listening because it probably oh, yeah. sounds complicated. But Huge. I'm going problem, content, lead magnet, and then I'm getting them in the DMs, DM to a call, on a call, I'm going to close them. So is this what you would tell somebody a strategy you would say if somebody's wanting to hit their first six figures, you'd say this, I'm assuming. I don't even think it needs, I don't even think it needs to be that complicated. Cause I think if you're just starting out, it's like, I've got to shoot a hundred pieces of content. Like if someone was just starting out, I'd be like, just write down everything, like do an avatar yeah, and just come up with like 20 ideas for content and just go, you know, shoot 20 videos. Don't even get an editor. Like, get in the habit of it. Because what I've noticed working with people that are just starting out, and yeah. rightfully so, like any time we do something new, is they have such a challenge with, like, a big thing is just putting themselves out there is a big thing. Hell, even for me, like, I started doing content again recently. I used to do a lot of it five or six years ago. Even I felt uncomfortable. And I'm like, I've done this so much. What am I uncomfortable yeah. about? Like, you know, but if you're just starting out, you should just be aiming for activity. You should just be, like, posting stuff twice a day, and just anyone who messages you or anyone who likes or comments on your stuff, just DM them. Do it, just okay. manually DM them yourself. What the other one I talked about is more about like scaling your organic into like a big thing. Okay. Okay. Gosh, there's, there's so much gold in here. So I want to, I want to backtrack a little bit, James, because for people who are listening who don't know you, let's just quickly talk about some of your career highlights. So the people who are listening know that you're, you know what you're talking about. You've worked, I want you to shamelessly name drop who you've worked with, who you've supported, because you guys, James knows exactly what he's talking about. He's helped people make a shit ton of money. So if you want someone who is a subject matter expert, you need to be listening listening to what James is saying right now. So 
shamelessly name drop. Tell us what you've done for people. Tell us about some of your career highlights and go. <laughs> I, I suppose I'll loop back around to, what, to start off with how I, I got here. So as I said, I was yeah. doing marketing stuff for people and then I kind of just grew my network. And, you know, in 2016, I had a client in Australia, uh, a guy named Ryan, who at the time ran a company called Winning International. And that was how I met Nick Pigeon. He basically had a big thing that was helping coaches grow their business. This is back before the coaching industry was anything like it is today. Yeah. And it was a little bit of a lesser known thing. And through yeah. him, I met him. Um, do you know Alex Tripod? Alex yeah, is of course. Mixed. Do you know her? Yeah, I know Alex yeah, really so well. I met, I met, I met Tripod through that. Heaps of people. Like there'd be other people you would know, but yeah. so yeah. And then like through that, I started working with Nick. And then, like I said, I went to that Brendan Bashard event. I met, I, I did some work for Boss Babe. This was years ago uh, with Danielle and Natalie. I've worked with Ty Lopez. I've worked with, I did some work for Quick Funnels. You know, recently from when we met Sarah, I, me and Jamie Freed, who's a celebrity talent manager in Hollywood, worked with Selena Gomez, Harry Hilton. We did a project together that we're still sort of working on now. Yeah, there's been there's been a lot. I worked with T. Harvecker. I did some stuff for his brand, which is pretty cool. You know, I worked with a big property company in Australia that we grew to like half a million a month. I no. say I've got about 10 million in recorded sales from copy I've written. It is a little bit of a like an umbrella number in terms of how do you track every single thing? Like I've been doing it for eight or nine years. I mean, I think it's a lot more than that, but I say 10 million to be conservative just based on so many different things I've worked on and clients I've worked with and stuff like that. So, but yeah, I think now I'm at a point where like what excites me is to come back to like that framework I talked about is like, could you take someone, and I'm sure at some point I'll do this. Could you take someone and run them through that and how much money could they make? You know, because I really think we live in a world yeah, organically. I yeah. really think we live in a world where you have a smartphone and more than that, what everyone really needs to work on, I think, is having a compelling message, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, knowing exactly who you serve, exactly what problems you solve, and then creating content that speaks to them with like passion and like velocity and like, I'm so fucking right about what I'm talking about that you should listen to me. I think you need that energy. Because that's the thing. A lot of people don't speak with enough certainty and then you don't cut through, which comes back to what I said before about clarity, engagement and value. Right. And so, but I really think like if you have a phone and you know who you're serving and you can articulate your message, the amount of money you can make really is like up to you, up to how much you want to work. So that's what I'm sort of most passionate about now is just, I just still blows my mind because when I first got into this, I think you were at the talk, Sarah, when I first got into this world, and I discovered this idea of like writing words on paper that drove people to take action, whether that was an ad or a landing page and make getting them to give you money just from reading the words you've written, which is copywriting. To yeah. me, that's like a superpower. And that I was fascinated with it then. And I'm probably just as fascinated with it now. Like if you can shoot a bunch of videos and someone can stumble across it who didn't know you, convince themselves based on what you're selling them that, that you can solve their problem and you can get five grand off them and obviously deliver them and give them a transformation. But like right. that idea to me, just blows my mind because I, I think about like my parents' generation, like they couldn't even get their head around it now, let alone the fact that 30 years ago, no one could do that. It's absolutely wild. Yeah. I mean, so if you're, if you're, if you're wanting to go from zero to six figures or even six to seven, is there a different approach you take with that? There's more scale and complication. You know what I mean? There's team and systems and infrastructure and you're not doing it all yourself. So it's a little bit different and you would, you know, going to seven, you would go to paid traffic and you would invest in funnels and VSLs. And that's largely what I've done is a lot yes. of paid traffic funnels, you know, like to do those numbers is not from organic. I think I've just realized lately though, that organic is the same in the sense that the 
copy and the marketing message and the things you need to create to scale are exactly the same for organic stuff. Yeah. You know, coming up with like compelling hooks and ad ideas and headlines is all just copy and marketing message, as I said at the start. So that's why I'm sort of passionate about that now. When you would help I always have been, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's just a different, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's the same, but, but slightly, I guess it's slightly different. It's less um, complicated. That's probably the thing. It's less complex. Okay. In what way? Just because you don't have to worry about paid ads and um, whether the. Just like, like for example, if you're running, yeah, if you're running ads, like you can get banned on Facebook for absolutely nothing. Yeah. You know, when you're running paid ads, you're speaking to people that know nothing about you. And there's so many people running ads. And when they know nothing about you, you're competing with all the other things that distract them. No one wants to see an ad in their newsfeed. So, like, just the complexity now in terms of, like, your videos need to be edited, your shoots need to be high quality, the lighting needs to be good, the, you know, edits need to be amazing. There's just so many moving parts, and then you need a good sales team. Converting cold traffic's a lot harder than converting organic traffic. And then when I you put all of those things over here, probably what I love most about organic is that, if you're someone who is good on camera or you're someone that's good at articulating your message or you can come across good on camera, you have like such an advantage because even if someone stumbles across me in their Instagram newsfeed, like if they resonate with what I'm saying and how I'm saying it, then there really is no, I'm not competing with anyone. I'm not competing with like the next VSL that an ad's running to. I'm just, I'm me. And people will buy you if they like you. And so I think that's another thing that I, excites me kind of thing. Did you ever think you'd be going more toward this organic route? Did you always think you'd be the DSL funnel guy, copywriter, but now? Well, the thing is, like, I'm still going to, like, that architecture I talked about, I'll probably wrap that into a VSL, create my own VSL. Of course. And link it out of my Instagram bio. Like, it's, and, and they're the same skill sets, you know, like short videos. It's just like a longer version of it, you know what I mean? So I don't, I probably don't see them as differently as everyone else does. Yeah. Because I used to run a lot of ads for clients a while ago, but I probably stopped doing that in the last few years and just focused on copy and building offers and, and then yeah, like I said, because I used to do organic and I was good. I think at a certain point this last year I was like, I may as well just go back to doing content. And, and I, I think there's something to like, it's hard to put yourself out there. So yeah. I personally think there's something that is like, not admirable, but it's yeah, well, doing the hard things, yeah. you know, like there's something, it's, it's, it's easier to not do it. So I think there's value in doing it. hundred percent. You're, you're walking the talk. Yeah. 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 And, and I mean, I enjoy it. And like I said, yeah, it's just like, for example, I started, I think I've only posted about 15 reels or something like that. I started, uh, like I, I closed a five grand sale from, I think after I posted like five videos, just a guy messaged me that I knew from, we never worked together or anything. He's just like, oh man, what have you been up to? I'm having some challenges with like my agency. And I was like, yeah, let's get on a call. So I just, there's something about that simplicity that yeah. I think is appealing and showing other people like, hey, if you create your content in this way, yeah, like I, I watch a lot of content. So like I'll give you something, Sarah, that I've noticed from the content I've been doing. If, and if anyone wants to follow me, my Instagram is, um, James P. Hepburn, H-E-P-B-U-R-N. But this time around, I've done a lot of stories where, because okay. I've traveled a lot and I have a lot of stories about events I've spoken at and clients I've worked with and this and that, I'm sort of doing these story, like short reels that are like a minute long, but I'm saying like, you know, 
like one of my hooks was like, I basically got robbed by a Brisbane taxi driver. And then I tell the story about this taxi I was in in Brisbane and how it taught me this lesson about pricing. Or I, you know, different stories like that. And if people go on my Instagram, I'll see what I'm talking about. I love well, that one, those, by the way. That's yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, those, those reels that are about, like, that have a story, the average watch time on those is like 25 seconds. It's like 50% of the video, which is crazy because most videos are getting like eight, seven, eight second watch times. So what I've realized is if you have like a, a, a hook at the start that's compelling yeah, and then a story, like a story where the point of the hook, you don't get to the point of the hook until the end. People yeah. have to watch it to that loop. And so by having a story, it's interesting, it's entertaining, and it's combining entertainment with education, which has never been more important. But when you combine the two and you have the hook at the start and the story with the, the like closing point to the hook, that's just massively driving up my engagement. So if someone like you was to implement, and, and Sarah, you would probably have tons of those stories, I would imagine, because you're from a different country. So you've lived a life that's different to most people and being able to put all of this together and then having like a good editing style inside of that kind of infrastructure I talked about earlier, you would see massive results from that. That is gold right there. That is gold. So the hook, but the story, I agree. Anyone time, any time. And I think James, you're such a good storyteller, which is probably why we get along so well. Like we, we, we spoke for like 50 minutes before I even hit record, but it's like, you know, anytime <laughs> someone wants to tell a story, it's like lean in, you know, the second yeah, yeah. everyone just immediately wants to lean in. You're taking somebody through a visual journey, like in their mind. So they're immediately entertained and then you're giving value. And like, that's the first thing you just, you just want to lean in. You want to be there even if you don't know the person. Yeah, yeah. And what I would say to to add to that is like for anyone that's listening to this that wants to create better content is like every when you're just scrolling through shit and like content comes up that has a lot of likes, comments, shares, whatever, actually ask yourself why that is. And every time you ask yourself why, typically speaking, you'll be able to answer it pretty easily. You'll be like, oh, that was funny. That was interesting. There was this weird guy in it that made it entertaining. There was a great hook that kept me watching it. There was a famous person. Like, and once you become conscious of what these things are, you'll start to like notice these patterns and think of them when you go to create your own content. That is such good advice. So you're obviously you're, the way your mind is hardwired is you can pull these bits out. Like when you see content. I can't not think about it. Yeah, it's bad. I can't not think about it. Like even, even like to the point where I tell my girlfriend this, like if I'm in a conversation and someone, like uses a particular language pattern or if like someone says something and someone else asks about it, I'll get curious about like what was it about that thing that got other people interested in it. You know, it's just like runs on autopilot, you know, like I sort of can't not think of it. Well, that's what, I mean, that's why you've made people millions. Like your brain can pull out those patterns that other people were trying to do it, but they just may not be able to recognize. So Okay, so James, with that said, can you tell people, we're going to link your Instagram, we'll link all your details, but can you tell people how they can work with you if they're interested in that, like what you're doing at the moment, and how people get uh, can get in touch? Yeah, sweet. So basically, the, the main way I'm working with people at the moment is I have a Done With You program where I'm doing that content structure that I talked about for people. I'm sort of getting them clear on their avatar, getting clear on the pain points, coming up with all the hooks for them. I have a structure that I give people for how to shoot all their videos. I have editors that I help them work with and then like laying all of that out and then, you know, linking it into like the lead magnet stuff so that they can generate leads and make money from it. And it's basically a system to do 20 grand a month organically. So yeah, that's the main way. I have a website, jamesheadburn.com.au. Yep. I need to update it actually, but it's got some of my old like funnels and stuff on there. 
But Instagram is probably the main way to stay in touch. Are you still doing like VSLs and funnels and those sorts of things? Yeah, I still do. Yeah, I still got a few clients and all VSLs and funnels and that sort of stuff for. So if anyone needs like a video sales letter, I write like long scripts and I work on ads and all that sort of stuff. But I'm just shifting my focus a lot to content now. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. So is there anything we've left out or any last piece we want to end on? I just, I can't thank you enough. There's so many golden nuggets in this. It's, it's inspiring actually. Yeah. No, no, thank you. To be honest, I didn't realize half an hour went that quick, but uh, no, that's probably it for now. Like I said, if you, you stick by those three things to your content and if you just think about, and even I think about with my content, my content's broad at the moment. I'm going to hone it in. It's been specifically done like that. But if you just think about like what are the, yeah, what are the pain points I'm speaking to? Okay. And then, you know, there's a guy I follow that talked about every time you post a video, you've got to ask yourself, would someone pay $5 to watch this video? Ooh. And if, you, if the answer's no, it's probably not valuable enough. So, like, that's that's another one that's good. Wow. Oh, my God. I have so many questions. So when people are going to pay, it's because – do you think it's because, number one, they're getting perceived value, or number two, they think they're going to be entertained, or is it a combination of both? Because I would, I paid money to hear the end of a story. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think like strict entertainment content is a little bit different. Like, yeah, you know, people that are just creating parody stuff or funny stuff, like that stuff's different. I'm talking about like if you're running a business and you're like create like like if I'm telling someone about like how to grow their Instagram account, is the shit that I'm telling them that good that they don't like? Because that if it's that good, people will share it and show their friends and. You know, that's actually another thing we haven't talked about that I've, I've been like putting more thought into lately is like, you really want to create content with, in, with the idea in mind of will people share this content? Which comes back to the $5 thing. It's the same thing. Cause if something's like so valuable, people would pay five bucks, they'll probably send it to their friends. And the reason I say like, would someone share it is because like, and again, think of this when you got to do it. What's the reason? If you're on Instagram, what's the reason we send people content? It's like, you either want to show your friends something that's funny. But a lot of the times we want to be like the first to tell someone something. We want like the significance, you know, like I knew this thing was going to happen or, you know, like people do shit to brag and gloat and there's nothing wrong with that. This comes back to, again, that other thing I said about the reasons people like the content people respond to is different to the content they think they respond to. You know what I mean? It's like everyone thinks they're doing things for like self-serving reasons. Oh, I don't do things to brag or to fill my ego. Yeah, you do. We all do. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Anyway, I don't want to go on too many tangents, but the point I'm trying to get at is like, what would make someone share a piece of content? It's either funny, it's going to make them look good, it's going to make them look smart, it's going to make them look like they care about a social cause. And one thing I've noticed when I look at a lot of the content I've even done so far, a lot of them are personal stories about me. No one's going to share those. You know what I mean? I watch them and they're good content, but that's something I've put more thought into as I go to, you know, create my next batch of videos, which will probably be like, more opinions that people who have the same opinion but don't want to be the one to say it online, they'll share that stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, I love that type of content. I love it because, James, you're very good at being polarizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got to do it in a way that's congruent for you. I like doing it, which I suppose benefits me. But, again, thinking about what people will share is a good thing to think about when you create content. So ultimately what you, what, what you're always continuously analyzing is what is driving human behavior. Like what is driving this behavior? What is driving this person yeah. to share or to save or to buy or to whatever? Like that's your yeah. mind is constantly What's, analyzing all of that. Yeah. And, and also like not shaming it. Yeah. Because like there's, there's nothing wrong with doing things for significance. See, a common thing people do is, 
they'll see someone do something. Like, tell me if I'm wrong here. Two people in a relationship. One person will be like, I can't stand my partner. They do this thing that pisses me off. But whatever they're judging in them is probably something they do as well. They just don't think, they just do it in a different way or they don't think, you know. Like, if you look at two people that are having conflict, one person, and you say to one of them, oh, what's the thing about the other person that's annoying you the most? And they're like, well, they're just intolerant because they're not listening to anything I say. And it's like, well, hang on. Aren't you in conflict right now because you're being intolerant to their viewpoint? Yeah. And so anyway, the point I'm getting at is that, like, not shaming when we do things for, like, ego or whatever because we all do things for those reasons. And it's not the wrongest part of the human condition. That's so good, James. That's so good. And do you know, so you're, you're saying it's because they're marrying something that's in them. That's why it's a trigger for them. So. Yeah. They're like, I don't, I don't post things for ego or whatever. And it's like, come on. Like, do you honestly think I'm personal, my content for some self-righteous reason? No, of course I'm like, of course I think I look good doing it. Of course I think it's funny or like, I'm also doing it to grow my business. But of course it, it satisfies a part of me that wants to like, get significance or validation, of, of course, you know, like. Oh, my God, James, that honesty is what is going to attract people to you, though, because you're saying the shit that people are too afraid to say or be judged because they say it. I'm actually going to do a video on that now. Like, I create video to get your validation. I do. Like, <laughs> I'm no different than anyone else. And to be honest, you know what's interesting? I used to do a lot of content about five or six years ago, and a lot of it was, like, way more out there than my stuff is now because I was doing it deliberately to try and push the point. Okay. And – Naturally, I kind of like got a lot of blowback. Oh, and in a bad eventually way. Eventually, I couldn't cut it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mum was criticizing me, and people were like, but I, I had like, I've got views on Facebook, videos on Facebook that have like five thousand organic views and all, hundreds of comments, and I'll send you some of them, right? And yeah, like, yeah. I did this video, and the headline was like, "Why I'm arrogant and why you're a little bitch." That was like, and I went on this massive rant about all the things about me that were good, right? And I obviously got like, I was younger at the time and less mature, and I, I got like triggered by some of the feedback, even though I deserved to get it. Yeah. People, or no, no, people would say to me, like, oh, you just don't want to get validation or significance. And I thought about it. I'm like, yeah. And for a long time, I stopped doing content because I was like, it's bad to get validation and significance. Like, and I know if I start doing it again, I'm worried I'll start doing it how I did it before. And it'll be all about like, you know, ego stuff. Right. And that, that stopped me for ages from doing it. And after a while, I was like, well, if I don't do it, I won't grow my business. And I know my content's good and people watch it. And then I'm, I'm holding out on other people I could help by sharing stuff that people resonate with, you know? So this I is think so it's important. like. This is so important because before James and I, before we hit record, we were talking about shame. And what, how, how did you define shame, by the way? Cause this is what, this is. Shame is when you perceive, you have the perception that you cause yourself more harm than, more negative than positive, more harm than good. Like, you yeah. feel ashamed, like someone, like, for example, if you're, like, not happy with how you look and you went to, like, a water park, because I did this last weekend, and you, like, have your shirt off or something, and you're like, oh, I don't like it. Like, you feel like it's more negative than positive that yeah. people see you in light, you know, whereas if you think you look good, you get you go the other way. You get prideful. You think you're better than everyone because you think you're more good than bad, you know. Anyway, without going down that rabbit hole, but. But this um, is important because, like, you're saying people are not getting out there. They're not putting themselves out there ultimately because of shame. Because yeah, they and they're judging, they're judging something in other people. Yes. They're, they're like, oh, I don't want to be like that guy who's real egotistical with the content that he posts. And it's like, well, you're judging in him what, like, you're not owning in yourself. You yeah. Like, and yep. so I try to own those things as well because they ultimately hold us back. And hey, if you've got a message that's valuable, 
That's important. Everyone who shares content feels like that. And if you've got a message that's valuable, that's important to share, like you, I feel like, you know, it's calling you, but you sort of have a right to, you have an obligation to go share those things, you know? It's actually a good question. It reminds me of one other thing that I've put a lot of thought into lately and before I started posting content and I maintain it now. Everything that everyone says about me in response to the content I post, I know people would watch my shit and hate it. In fact, I know that probably people that watch every second of what I post are more likely to be haters than positive, right? Even if they don't say it. There might be friends that are like, this guy's a dick, but they watch all your shit. But what I've kind of leaned into lately is that everything that everyone says about me is 100% correct. And so what I mean by that is, is if people are like, dude, I love your videos, like you're awesome on video, you're a good storyteller, you're engaging, you're funny, yeah, I am. But if someone is like, you're arrogant, you're like disrespectful, rude, condescending, deceitful, what? yeah, I am. Because like from the place you're standing at, which is your perception, which is based on your values, your beliefs, your upbringing, your trauma, whatever you see is 100% correct. And so I, what a lot of people want to do is they just want to take on the good shit. Nah, I'm not any of the bad shit. I'm only those good things you mentioned, right? That's all they want to take on. I don't want to be, I'm not any, you're wrong for saying I'm those things. These people are right. When in reality, like none of them are right or wrong. You're just, you're all of them because you're those things relative to those people's perceptions. So when I started thinking a lot about that, I'm like, I'm not really going to get held back by anyone's criticism because my first reaction is going to be like, yeah, you're right. Because maybe you got scammed by someone or maybe someone spoke, maybe your dad spoke to you how I'm speaking to you on camera as a kid and it triggers you. And so you now labeling me the way you label him, hypothetically. That's that's correct then. Like from where you're standing, that's fucking true. Like it would be accurate, you know. It's subjective, but from standing over there where you are, it's true. Just like someone over here who's like, man, I love when you tell the truth and you're like brutal and blunt and honest. That's fucking, that's mad. Like, you know what I mean? No one does that anymore. That's so like helpful and that person's right as well, but, like, you're just the one in the middle of it. But I think people get too swayed by wanting the feel good without the bad because they don't acknowledge how the bad helps them. Anyway, I could go on longer. That's the loop That's I can't so powerful. To. Oh, my God. Thank you for it. I'm so glad you added that last piece in. And the thing is, is, like, your yeah, your content's polarizing, and but by you being that and by you just showing up and by you owning both aspects, you're going to give so many people permission slips. Do you know what I mean? And that's – well. That's powerful. I'll, I'll finish on this note. I mean, we could keep going, but it's funny. So when I started doing content, I started posting again a couple of months ago. I filmed this video. It was like four minutes long. and I started sending it to people to get feedback from them. And uh, I never ended up posting it. Like my girlfriend hated it. And again, like I just, I got too many opinions from people instead of just posting it and letting it be and letting people think what they think. And, you know, knowing that she's like, wants me to be a certain way for her reasons that are valid and whatever. Anyway. This is like one of the reasons I started posting this content sort of before we like got together because I was like, I can't have a chick telling me she doesn't like what I do because that shit will slow me down. Can't happen. I need to start posting content. So if we get together, you know what you signed up for. So anyway, I filmed this video and this is a 100% true story. In 2017, when I was doing all these videos I talked about before, one day out of the blue, this guy, actually, let me, let me get the message up. This guy sends me a text and he says, I never met him. And he was like sort of loosely connected to like that same company I talked about with Nick and Alex. And he says, uh, mate, fucking love your videos. So rare to see someone speak in their unfiltered thoughts. Keep at it proper. This is 11th of August, 2017. I, I wrote, cheers, man. Appreciate your support. And never spoke to him again. He's just one of those people in the coaching world that, he, that popped up in my newsfeed. He was like a mindset coach guy. 
And then in 2020, I think it was, what was the COVID year? 2020? Yeah. Beginning of, yeah, 2020, started 2020. It's about the 9th of December. I'm just like sitting, finished the day. I'm just like sitting on Facebook, scrolling through my newsfeed, and I see this announcement of like a funeral. Someone had lost their like battle with like mental health. And I see the name and I'm like, fuck, that name's familiar, but I don't, like, I know it, but I don't know it. And so I go through my DMs and it's this guy. And, uh, and he killed himself. And, um, I didn't know him. I don't know anything about what happened or the, specifics of it but obviously when i like read the message you know it's quite shocking and it's probably like something that i've just here and there thought about it took me three years to do anything about it but i just thought about it from time to time about how like you know australia has a massive problem with suicide but a massive problem with male suicide like six six and a half seven men a day kill themselves to about two women and i don't think it's a stretch to say that suicide and a lack of ability to express yourself are probably closely linked to an extent feeling like you can't be who you think you are or show up as who you think you are or or like who who, like you know you're worried about what your parents will say or your girlfriend or and so part of me coming back out and just like doing my content and saying my part and which was this video I filmed I'll send it to you actually part of me doing it was just to one I felt like I needed I needed to do it for myself like I felt like it is like an outlet for me to do it. And two, I want to give other people permission. Like, hey, if I come out here and fucking swear at people and use inappropriate language and tell fucked up stories, and if I can do that, bro, you can go and post that song you wrote that you feel vulnerable about on the internet. That's like you. Or if you're a chick and you want to go start an OnlyFans, maybe that's a bit more extreme, but whatever. If that's what you want to do, like, yeah. Here's your permission because I'm out here yelling at people on the internet I don't know. Yeah. And like, you know what I mean? Like, I kind of want to be like, it's helping me, but hopefully it helps you because like, if I can do it, you can go do whatever the fuck you want. And so, so that was kind of what I learned, like, or like why I wanted to get back into it. And I think about that a lot. It's like, you know, we do live in a world that's fairly like, especially like with cancel culture and shit like that. You got to be a certain uh-huh. way and yeah. show up in a certain way. All this and like, who knows what happened to that guy? But it's just something I think about. And so. Yeah, it's funny you say that because that's that's exactly sort of the point of it. Oh my gosh, James, this has been amazing. I, I knew we'd go, I knew we'd take this conversation to interesting places, but yeah, that's such a so cool, so cool. So it's like there, yeah, ultimately in reality, in the reality we live in, there are no truths. It's not your, it's not true that you're this or that. It's it's everything because everyone has their own, you know, programming and traumas and triggers and all of it. And so it's like. You're going to, you're going to grab both sides of it, the good and the bad, and you're going to run with it. And then you're going to give permit people permission to do it as well. And that's what, that's what changes people's lives truly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I've finished on saying is that a hundred years from now, everyone that you like love or care about will be dead. No one, no, and no one will talk about you anyway. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's the truth. I saw yeah. Alex Lomose talked about the queen, like the queen at a time when women, you know, relatively speaking, had no real power or input or say, yeah. was like one of the richest people in the world, ran the monarch, longest serving monarch for like 75 years. And he was like, she died like nine months ago and no one's really talked about her since. You know what I mean? Like, oh. and like obviously her family, it's probably a little bit different, but this is like one of the most like significant people on the planet. You think you who runs a fucking Instagram with 3000 followers that sells coaching, you think anyone gives a fuck? Like, with due respect. And so that's something that I think a lot about. I'm like, you know, 
Like, no one's going to give a fuck when they scroll past something I say, let alone let alone two weeks after I'm dead. Yeah. And I know that's a bit of a blunt message, but it's like something I try to remind myself of. Hell yeah. Oh my God. No, this is amazing. Awesome. Well, I'm going to post, I'll post your website link. I'll post your Instagram link. Any other links you guys will have access to. But James, thank you so much. This has been amazing. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening today, beautiful soul. I hope you got so much gold and were activated in such a way that you could step into your highest timeline of abundance and freedom because it is more than possible for you. If that desire has been planted in your soul, it is so deliberate. If you wouldn't mind, please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast so that we can get this message into the hearts and ears of more amazing light beings across the world. I would love to continue this conversation with you. So feel free to get in touch on Instagram at sarah.tynan.quantumcoach. If you're a Facebook person, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Sarah Tynan International. And please don't ever forget, if your desire is there, it's because your destiny is there too. You just have to remember who the you are. Bye for now, beautiful.